Leonora. Hi, Ashley. We're back. We are. We're doing it again. Yes. <laughs> we couldn't leave well enough alone. No, of course not. <laughs> We're back with a new name. Yes. And a new director. Yes. And it's delightful to be back. So fun. So, so, we sort of explained ourselves in the first season about yes. why we went with Quentin Tarantino. So perhaps we should start by talking about Guillermo del Toro. Sure. And our decision here. Yeah. We made the decision so long ago. It was just months ago. But, you know, I mean, we... we Looked at a lot of different directors, a so lot of different many. options. We've, we even considered looking at actor filmographies, yes. and that would just have gotten really out of hand. Yep. Um, so with, that's... with any actor you can think of, they've been in 50 movies. And like, 25 of them are terrible. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So that just doesn't seem like a particularly worthwhile exercise. Um, whereas, you know, director filmographies are going to be more concise and more, I don't know, indicative of one would hope them as a, yes. as a career you know their career and their personality and their right values yes actors just have to act they, ha they have know, to be in whatever they can you've got to take a job but if you're going to direct a movie that may say more about you right especially the kinds of directors that we're looking at here right so guillermo del toro first of all first of all we just love him he's just a fun guy he's just fun and sweet and makes very cool things yes and so we were just very excited to look at some cool films yeah his <laughs> filmography has a nice size yes he, he's, he's like got a pretty good batting average in terms of like not having notable duds right and of course we were um very interested in um Stepping into the realm of a, a non-white yes. filmmaker. Yeah. Um, I think that that was important to us to, to sort of expand some horizons and... Yeah, because, I mean, we did... Quentin's great, but he's a straight white man. Yep. Straight so... white man. So, and yes, we've said we've said all we need to say about yes. him and, and, and how much we love him. Um, but... We get to branch out a little bit culturally. Yes. And, and that's very exciting and interesting. Uh, and you know, he's like still a working filmmaker. Yeah. He's got actually something coming out next year. And he I'm has, like, he has two films in development right now. Yes. I'm very excited for Pinocchio. Yes. Very excited for Pinocchio. But, uh, at this time, his most recent film was The Shape, Shape of, Water, of Water and he won best, best film. Picture, yeah. So it seems like a, the right director at the right time yes. to say, what is his career? And right now he's at like his peak as an artist, we can mm -hmm. say. So it's a good time to take a look at how far we've come. Right. <laughs> and on that note, his first film yes. we're discussing today is 1993's Kronos. Kronos. And this was my first time watching it. That's so fun. Yes. I think I want to say this was my third time watching it. Third uh -huh. or fourth. Yeah, I had been wanting to see it for many years, but it had always been kind of hard to get a hold of. Right. It wasn't streaming anywhere, but it's streaming on HBO now. So right. I was able to watch it much more easily. <laughs> yes. So that's the way to watch it. Yes. If people want to watch. Once again, I feel like we recommend that you have seen the film. Yes, probably watch along. Yeah. Uh, or at least make sure you've seen them all at some point. Right. Otherwise, this isn't going to mean much to you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But if you just like to hear us talk, <laughs> I won't stop you. I'm not going to argue with you. You can make your own choices. 
Um, so yes, he. This is a um, English and Spanish language film, yes. which is very interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a hybrid. Yeah, there's their characters are um, you know mostly Spanish speaking, right? But there is a lot of English dialogue in it, right? Um, specifically from the De La Guardias. Yes. Uh, and that is something actually I want to. <laughs> I was going right. to save it for the fun stuff portion, uh-huh. but I just I want to say uh, uh, at the top since we're talking about it. Apparently, the character of Angel uh, was originally supposed to be completely Spanish speaking. Really. And Ron Perlman just couldn't quite hack it. Um, he just didn't sound convincing. And so they rewrote the character to uh, be an expatriate from America right. who hated living in Mexico to excuse right. his terrible accent. Terrible Spanish. Yeah, he has really bad Spanish uh, and he doesn't speak a lot of it. Yeah. So and it honestly, and he kind I think, of yeah, he kind of goes back and forth sometimes. He does, um, you know, he knows that he's in Mexico, but he does he doesn't like that he lives in right. Mexico, and I think it makes the character oh, really yeah. interesting. Uh, what I read a long time ago, and I don't know if it's true, uh-huh. so if somebody knows, it would be great to find out. Yeah, um, that apparently that there was a convention towards American villains in Mexican films at that time. <laughs> That adds up. Yeah, sure. That adds up. It's totally plausible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because, you know, historically, a lot of Mexican characters in American films have Would been be villains. villains. Yeah. So it's only fair. Right. <laughs> uh, but um, do we... Is there anything else we want to say up front before we just start... Background? Hitting? I mean, I think it's interesting that this is his only film that he actually produced in Mexico. Right. Yes. Um, not as, you know, right. of course he's got several more Other Spanish, Spanish language, language films, but, but yeah, this is kind of an outlier in that way. Mm-hmm. 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 But it's just really fun that from the very start, he knew what he was about. Oh yeah. You just see him right away. Right away. Right away. And he's always been true to himself. You see it and you're like, there yes. he is. <laughs> That's <Del> Toro. <laughs> This is what he's about. This is what yes. he likes. This is what he thinks is very cool. <laughs> so, uh, with that, yes, um, we begin with the credits rolling, mm-hmm. um, and we hear a bell tolling, right. like a like a clock tower bell, and some ticking mm-hmm. because that's the whole thing of it. Yep, that's the movie. <laughs> that's the whole movie. Um, but you fade in on clockwork, who yep. to thunk, and insects. Yep. Uh, this is a table. There's. Yeah, Again, just there it is. All the right. things. All of his all favorite of things to, to look at. Yep. Um, and we see some hands writing in a notebook. Um, and we get a voiceover from in a English. Nerd. In English. And I was like, already? No. English? And again, this was my third or fourth time seeing this movie. And I was like, what? English? <laughs> what? <laughs> it is unexpected. Especially because the credits are in Spanish. Yes. Uh and we learn that um, in 1536, an alchemist was fleeing the Inquisition and arrived in Veracruz. Um, and we see him working. We see an angel statue, a small right. angel statue. Um, we are told that this alchemist was appointed watchmaker to the Viceroy. <laughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> the most eccentric title you can imagine. Our watchmaker to the Viceroy. Sure. I didn't know there were like official watchmakers in the 1530s, but I guess so. I guess so. I don't really know when like personal watches were 
invented. Like obviously That's they had clocks, but really good question. But like small I don't know clock either. Work. I trust him if he says right. that that was the case. I trust that he did enough homework to say that that was a plausible thing. If it's not, this is a movie about vampire stuff. It's all very fantastical. Uh, so it's fine either yes. way. But it's probably true yeah, that sure. that was a thing. I, I would believe it. It seems plausible <laughs> to me. Anyway, this alchemist made an invention to grant eternal life. Like alchemists tend to do yes. now this fiction. is unusual for an alchemist that it is specifically a machine right alchemy tends to be more about potions and, right and minerals and things whereas this is like a a machine a yes. device um and what a device it's <laughs> it's the most guillermo del toro looking object yes. that i've ever seen and it is the chronos device yep We'll be seeing it a lot and I'll, hearing a lot about it. Uh-huh. Um, and we get to see the alchemist making it. Yep. And then uh, we cut to a destroyed building, a vault in the building collapsed 400 years later. Right. In 1937. Um, and a strange pale man was found in the rubble uh, with his heart pierced. And this was the alchemist. And his final words were suo tempore, which means my time. So we're in it now. We're in it. Um, and I noticed he's got like this weird cross like branded yeah. into the back of his hand. It's not yeah. referenced or acknowledged in any way. I just think it's very it's interesting. Interesting in a movie that is almost aggressively full of religious symbolism. And we'll talk about it <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, but uh, the authorities found his residence, but what was inside was never revealed to the public. But we get to see right. it. It's creepy and spooky. There's basins yep. of blood everywhere. Yep. And then a, you're kind of like, well, shit. And a basins man of blood. Yeah, a naked, trussed up man is is bleeding. Yeah. And presumably exsanguinated. Yeah, one would imagine. Uh, <laughs> If not, he shall be very shortly. Right. It's like, was he actively bleeding someone when the collapse happened? It doesn't matter. This is a fantasy. Right. We need to see that this is what he was doing. Right. Regardless of if this was actually contemporarily happening. This is just what the inside of his home looks like. Yes. Um, so the mansion and the contents were sold at public auction, but the Kronos device was never mentioned in any records. Uh, and no one knew of its existence. Um, we zoom in on the angel statue, and we see that the Kronos device is stashed inside of it. Yep. And that is our... Wonderful <laughs> prologue. Yes. yes. By this mysterious narrator who, if I remember correctly, never shows up again. That This is the only narration in the film. We just needed to get some story... And and here's here's the thing, and this is kind of the first thing I want to talk about regarding Guillermo. Right. Storytelling has never been his primary concern. Yeah. You know, and I and I I don't say that with any kind of uh, judgment. Right. But he's more about like world building. He, he's and... about concepts. Yes. And he's about visuals, and that can be enough. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think the storytelling in his movies tends to be more in like the 
sitting down and spinning you a fable type of way. Right. And so it's to have broad. a narrator come yeah. in and just tell you like, here's where our story here's begins. Here's what you need to know. <laughs> That's fine. Maybe not the most elegant. But... No, but it, it hooks you in well enough because you're kind of like, why is this guy got buckets of blood and a dead naked man in his home? It's a whole, well, yeah, it's, it's You want to know. like For sure. <laughs> and the visual storytelling is good oh, enough it's tremendous. to carry it for yeah. sure. So, um, just a great shot here. We we see um, contemporary Mexico, and we see uh, a sign, a lit sign that says Feliz Navidad, yep. upside down in a puddle. We see its yep. reflection upside down. So and we, there is a tremendous music shift. Yes! We are in current day. Actually, slightly future oh. Mexico. This film was made in 1993. Three. It takes place in 1997. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that weird? Just... just just to be... Just be caught. I don't know. I don't know why huh. he made that choice. Uh, but later when we see the obituary... It says Jesus died in 1997. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't catch that. It's weird. That is weird. I only caught it because I paused to like write down what the obituary oh, said. So and I was funny. like, wait a second. 97? 97? <laughs> so... <laughs> Huh. I don't know about that. It's like a, it's like the opposite of Jackie Brown. Right. I was thinking about that just arbitrarily. <laughs> arbitrarily a couple, a couple of years, years off, but, it, but nothing is, seems different. No, no. And like this, I wouldn't have thought it seemed futuristic. Because it's not. It's no. just it's just a four year difference. Yeah. But, but for some reason, yeah, it's a four year sure. difference. Okay. So he's like, you can't prove it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> It's four years from now. <laughs> anyway, so Feliz Navidad. We know it is Christmas time yep. in Mexico. We see the city at night. Uh, it's and then early morning. There's traffic. The streets are very dirty. Yeah, and kind of empty. Well, it's weird. There's like, it, it's it's a weird kind of empty because it right. just seems like there's just like cars passing and it's not like crowded. Right. But it's kind of a constant stream of like people traveling. Right. But there's uh, no one just hanging out. No one hanging out. Everyone is going somewhere. Yeah. It's early morning. People are going to work. Right. Uh, but the streets are just full of like garbage and paper. Right. And it's it's kind of nasty. Um, especially coming from this very like antique, you know, this right. beautiful, strange world of the alchemist, and right. then we've just got like contemporary Mexico. Yeah. Uh, we pan up a rather lovely residence. Yeah. Uh, to Jesus, Mercedes, and Aurora having breakfast. Right. Uh, Jesus and Mercedes are elderly, and yeah. Aurora is their granddaughter, their very young granddaughter. Yes. I'd guess she's probably around five. Yeah, that would be my guess also. Um, and Jesus is very doting yes. to Aurora. They're very yeah. close. He's a, he's a very sweet grandpa. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes is kind of a little bit more distant. She's nagging a little. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, Aurora kind of makes a face. Yeah. She's very cute. I love Aurora. <laughs> yeah, she's no, my she's favorite. the best. Del Toro, awesome little girls. Yeah. Awesome That's little girls. That's the thing we're going to see a lot of, I guess, huh? He likes a cool little girl. Yeah. He's a little like um, Hayao Miyazaki in yeah, that way. That's true. Similar so, similar vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These very capable and headstrong little girls. Yeah. Uh, so Aurora and Jesus take the car out together yep. as a little team <laughs> and they go to Grand Bazaar Antiques, which is Jesus's antique store. Yeah. 
and Aurora brings her big, big teddy bear. Yes. She's always got her big teddy bear. And they're so sweet together. He's carrying yeah. her up on his shoulders. No, they're adorable. They're like business partners. Yeah. So like she's working with him. He's, she's getting the yep. mail for him yep. and stuff. It's really cute. And, and they he's just got uh, hopscotch. Hopscotch in the shop. In the yeah. shop. Uh, yeah, they just are going about their morning. Yeah. And it's really cute. It just paints. And it's so important right now because we right. really need to love these characters, especially Jesus. Yeah, we need to care about them for what's happening What's about to, to happen. Matter. Yeah. Um, a shady man wearing yes. a plaid blazer <laughs> comes <laughs> into the shop and Jesus kind of sees him as like, all right, this guy's sketchy and starts doing that thing where you subtly follow him around. Yep. Um, and the man it keeps peeking into, um, things that are wrapped up. He's right. like looking for something, peering yeah. inside, looking at statues that are still wrapped up in paper. And I feel like Jesus even asks him, like, are you looking for something? He's yeah, just yeah. like, no, I'm yeah. just looking around. Like, well, It's not even that much. So Jesus says, can I help you? And the man says, good morning. And keeps look- <laughs> looking. And, it, and Jesus is like, can I help you find anything? And the guy's just like. And just kind of walks away, like it's he doesn't so answer. Awkward. It's so awkward. Well, and so he's like, "This guy is like, yeah, up to something is weird. No good." Um, but the man locates a statue of an angel that, with this hole in its eye. Yep. Um, but uh, then leaves without really saying anything else. And so Jesus kind of inspects the statue that the man was looking at. Right. Like, what was he? What is right. this? And we get a nice close-up of its yeah. knocked-out eye. Um, then we cut to Jesus and Aurora, and they're doing a puzzle because they're very cute. <laughs> and they're working together. Um, and then he starts humming, and she starts humming along, and he starts singing, and it's the sweetest it's, it's moment. It's adorable. Um, and then cockroaches start crawling out of the statue. Out of the eye. statue, yeah. And, and the gross. and the music goes bananas. It's a lot. The, the soundtrack in this movie is is not subtle. No, it's actually there's some real moments <laughs> where it's kind of just like crashing down, <laughs> crashing. And this is a moment where it's like something freaky's happening. Yeah. Something freaky's yeah, happening. It's like very insistent. Yeah, it's like yeah, I know bugs are crawling out <laughs> yeah. of the statue. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um, and they're like, uh, kind of grossed out by these cockroaches. And then sure. Aurora just goes buck wild on them. <laughs> right. She gets like, what is it, a box or something? What is yeah. she? And she just starts she wailing just starts on them. it. And, yeah. and Jesus is just standing there like, um. It's very nice character setup for it both is. of them. She is gnarly. She she's is unafraid. Le- she's the less squeamish of the two of she's them. She's fucking metal is what yeah. she is. Yeah, she is. <laughs> um... And so uh, he's kind of like a little squicked out by what she's done. And he tells her, if you provoke them, it's worse, Aurora. Right. And what an interesting and cryptic line. And I wonder how it reads in Spanish. Because, of course, he says this in Spanish. And that's how it's translated. And I don't know anything about this translation. I don't know anything like, about it either. I don't know. Sometimes, because it's Criterion is the are the ones who distribute this film. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they like to have the director come in and do the subtitle translations. I don't know if that's the case in this film. I yeah, I would be interested to find out. But so it because it is a really cryptic thing to say, right? So but it sort of establishes him as kind of a pacifist or a little timid. Uh huh. Yeah. But to, to word it that, if you provoke them, it's worse. Yeah. Like, she's just smashing them. Right. I don't know. 
but they start inspecting the statue. Um, and he's got his little antiques tools and he's yeah. knocking on it and he finds that the base is hollow. And so he very carefully and meticulously pries it open um, and finds something wrapped in a cloth. Right. Uh, and he very carefully, because he is a professional, yes. takes it out with a handkerchief and unwraps it. And it is, of course, as we knew, the Kronos, the Kronos device. device. And it looks fucking cool. It looks crazy. Um, outside, the sketchy guy and his friend, his sketchy right. friend, are on a payphone. And Ron Perlman yeah. gets a phone call. Angel. Um, and he answers De La, Gu- De La Guardia Enterprises. Um, and we just hear his side of the conversation. Right. He asks him what they found. Uh, another statue, eh? <laughs> I'll tell him. Uh, oh, and then this set. Yeah, so he's walking through this. It's like an end. I don't know what De La Guardia does. Like, it doesn't I, really matter. No, it, there's just a lot of welding happening. It's some kind of like In, industrial factory setting. of some kind. It's unclear what's be, what work is being done there. We never find out what the De La Guardias it's, it's, actually do. It's not important. It's just something that makes them rich off the backs of other people's cheap labor. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, and so, and like, I just, man, Ron Perlman's character, he is so arch, but yeah. I really enjoy it. No, he's great. He's fantastic. Um, he's just looking very early 90s with his yep. like suit jacket over a turtleneck. Yeah. Like, Ron Perlman in a turtleneck. Yeah. It works for him. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? I mean, and because we were talking about this before but ron perlman's weird jaunt into international films Mm -hmm. in the 90s is so funny because in city of lost children he wears a turtleneck also oh well you know they're just international it's a very international he was just he was just like i'm i'm out here traveling the world i'll put on a turtleneck (laughs) (laughs) it works for you ron uh but yes he's walking through the factory lots of sparks flying everywhere right and he takes a service elevator up and um, he goes into this sort of sealed room where there is a, uh, like a cloche on like a food tray. Right. And he pushes it through this little window, closes right. the window, and then is buzzed in through a sealed door. Right. Um, and he's wearing like a mask and gloves and little booties. And he's, he's COVID ready. He's so, co- I know. It's like, <laughs> oh no, he's wearing a mask. Who? So, <laughs> um, he enters the room and he calls out for uncle. Right. Um, and we hear distant opera music playing and it's very eerie, yeah. very echoey. This it's room a very is, sterile, like bright white environment. It's really a weird room. Uh, he brings the food cart through to uncle who is sitting on the bed. And he goes through like a corridor with a bunch of... Angel statues. Yep, just a ton of them. in plastic, hanging and they're from all, chains. And they're all tagged. They're all tagged and they're hanging from the <laughs> ceiling. It's very bizarre looking. It's the weirdest visual. Here we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How, how this, this is how all of these films are going to work. <laughs> um, he brings him his breakfast, which seems to be pills. Yep. Um, and a new draft of his will. And he's right. being very friendly and chipper. He's like, good morning. Yeah. Here's your breakfast. Here's your new will. If you'll just go ahead and sign it. The way that they talk about the pills is so weird. Yes. The reds and the greens. <laughs> and 
Um, Uncle shushes him uh, and says to him, why do you always have to be so noisy? This is a very strange relationship between these men. Right. Um, but Angel is trying to be affable. He's doing his best. He's trying. He doesn't like it. Yeah, you get the sense that like affable is difficult for this man uh-huh. in any situation. This is the only circumstance under which he can bear to do right. it. Right, yeah. Um, well, he is, quite, he is quite effortlessly affable later when he goes into the antique shop. It's an act, though. It's an act, but it do- it doesn't feel strained. It's maybe that's true. fake. Oh yeah, that's true. But it's true. comfortable. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, but this is a person that he actively hates. Oh yeah, you can tell. <laughs> you can tell. It's 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 obvious. Um, he tells uh, De La Guardia that he has news that their buyer just called. Um, Uncle signs the right will. Um, and asks what the buyer had to say to him. Uh, and Angel says, same old thing. I found another archangel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they kind of talk about it. And Angel says, get someone else to pick up your garbage. And De La Guardia gets very mad at this. He's very insulted. He says, not everything is garbage. This is not garbage. And he takes out the notebook, the alchemist's notebook. And points at a drawing of the angel statue and says this one will be mine uh it's very heightened it's yes. very arch very camp it's yeah. just oh yeah and it's <sighs> funny because you have to imagine based on the set we saw that they've had this exact conversation like how many times before yeah and angel just doesn't want to do it anymore <laughs> he's tired of it uh so we are back in the antique shop yes and we're playing hopscotch yes. again um and angel arrives um and he's in the doorway speaking to the previously seen sketchy man yeah um and when angel enters jesus uh goes to help him you know asks him what he can do for him and angel is just sort of very casually looking around and he sees the angel statue and he looks at the price tag and he says pricey jesus says it's unique um, and so a lot of this conversation, Angel is speaking English and Jesus is speaking Spanish. Right. Which but is interesting. It is. But when, uh, Angel takes out the money, he says, no es mi dinero. Right. <laughs> it's not my money. Right. Uh, and tells Jesus to keep the change. Um, and Jesus says, oh, thank you. And I will wrap this up for you. Uh, it's kind of funny because he just like wraps the bottom just of the it. Just the base. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem like it makes much difference. Yeah. Like, I don't know how this thing is going to be transported that that would. It's just a bit of business. I don't know. something for Jesus to be doing so that the subsequent action can play out. I guess. Probably. Uh, but it, it, Angel is kind of puttering around. He sees a mirror. He's like, oh, I like that mirror. Right. And he's just being a little bit of a weirdo. And it's kind um, of prowling around like a cat almost. Yeah, oh, appropriately right. considering he had very recently been playing a lion version of <laughs> right. the it's beast. Right, how he was used to moving. He's <laughs> <laughs> very cat-like at this time. Um, but he starts kind of fooling around with Aurora, like playing with her. Right. Um, he takes out a stick of gum and he's like, "You want the gum?" And she's like, trying to get right. the gum. And they have this little like game. Yeah, and it's like. I don't know. Like, it's kind of an interesting moment. Yeah. It's, he's not 
sinister or no, anything. No, he's really not. And that's what's sort of interesting. It's a yeah. very humanizing moment for Angel. Yeah, he's when, just being kind of playful. M- for the rest of the movie, he's just deeply unpleasant. Yeah, he's a terrible person for most of it. He's he's very, very bad, but he has this genuine moment playing with this little girl. Sure. He gives her a stick of gum, and he's like, hey, thanks. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then and then he asks their opinion on a nose. Right, he pulls out he his pulls little out the cards. Little, the little rhinoplasty cards. Yeah. And it's like, I really would appreciate your opinion, both of you, on this matter. And he, starts... He's really preoccupied with his nose. He really wants a nose job. Which is yeah. funny, because Ron Perlman's nose is good. It's fine. I think that's almost the joke. To me, that was almost the joke. Like, that... he's, he's supposed to be vain. He's super vain. Yeah. Yes. He's clearly very vain. Um, but it's like, it's another, it's an extension of this very genuine moment where right. he's like, really this one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank well, you. I really appreciate that. As far as he knows at this point, this he is, is yeah. just going on a silly errand for his uncle. Uh-huh. It means nothing. It means nothing. He's yeah. just totally amiable about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a very interesting moment, especially like considering what's to come. Right. That they're just very chummy. Yeah. He has no reason not to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he thanks them profusely and takes the statue and leaves. Yep. Um, and then we get a an extreme close-up on Jesus cleaning the Kronos device. Yeah. Um, and he says, as though prompted by Aurora, no, my love, it's not chocolate. But she is mute. Right. So it's I, almost it's, like he can... We sort of get this this sense like, other times, like he's aware on oh, some level what she's thinking or trying to communicate. Right, and like in other instances, it's just kind right. of like he's a very attentive and perceptive right. guardian for right. her, and he understands her. But this is such a specific thing to say; it's really <laughs> right. quite curious. Right. Um. But he tells her that this is a once in a lifetime find. Um, and holds it flat in his palm yep. and turns the knob to wind it. Um, it spins and ticks and then stops and he kind of laughs and says nothing happened. And then the legs pop out. Yep. And they're like, oh, huh. And he laughs and he's like, oh, hey, isn't that funny? Um, and suddenly it grips his hand. And these are like sharp pointy legs. They're like legs. needles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really alarming and painful and he pries it off and his hand is just bleeding. Right. Um, and sets it down and the legs like retract back into it. And it's like covered in blood at this point. Uh huh. And he's like, oh, don't touch it. Um, and he's trying to deal with his hand and Aurora hugs him and he tells her, don't be scared. Cause he's a good it's grandpa. A sweet moment. Yeah. Um, but we're like, okay, this thing is scary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very scary machine. Uh, and we cut to the tango school. And right. Mercedes is teaching her class. And it's just kind of a silly little moment yeah. where she's doing her thing. Yeah. It's just a tango class. Yeah. And it's quite funny. She she tells her dance partner to stop grunting with the right. steps. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry. Uh, and then he does it again. Uh, it's but, just a little filler scene. Yeah, it's cute. We get yeah. to... And it, you know, we want to know Mercedes a more, little bit. More of it's, her. It, it's more yeah. impactful if we know who she is and care about her a little what bit. What her life is outside of. Uh-huh. Being yeah. Jesus' wife. Yeah. Um, and Aurora and Jesus show up and he's very comically covered in splatters of blood. Yep. Like, when did that 
You weren't covered in blood like that before. I mean, it was like on his hand. Uh-huh. So like probably in the process of trying to clean himself up, it, the blood kind of like got everywhere. It's like spurts. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's a lot of blood. It's pretty silly. It looks like he got squirted with blood. Um, and <laughs> the hammer just pans up and he looks very grim and he says, Buenas tardes. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good moment. Good, good afternoon. And it's just like, oh my god, what happened? It's and that's that's another thing that I love that that he does is he m- mixes the the like the gruesome with the comical. Oh yeah, like these really funny tongue in cheek moments. Yeah, uh, and it's it is quite funny. This movie does like kind of a dark humor thing with some of the the violence that oh, I yeah. feel like gets maybe less common. Yeah, I think probably so. This is definitely... But you can see the origin of things that we'll see later. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Um, we Also, you know, right away we get his, like, cringy, like, body horror gore moments. Yeah. Because that is definitely running theme throughout yep. his films, is these real close-ups on something really unpleasant happening to someone's yep. body. Oh, you're going to make us watch that. Yes, yeah. he's going to make you watch at it. At least some of those moments in this movie are low-budget enough right. that but imagine watching this as someone who's afraid of needles oh i mean i am <laughs> like i i've known people and i don't yeah. know how severe yours is but like when the when the stinger goes into his hand oh yeah like... no it's <laughs> so for me if it's like in a movie it's not as bad as in real life <laughs> but that is the moment that that squicks me out it's, tremendously it, yeah and i mean as low it budget as some so of it painful. is painful yeah, some of these are really convincing like yeah. the way that the device like attaches to him yeah. is is pretty there's like good. a variety of hand models of differing qualities yeah but but like it's, conceptually it's still freaky as it hell. is and and you know there are some slightly weirder moments but some of it is really quite oh, well yeah. executed yeah uh so um, we cut to their home and Mercedes is cleaning his hand. Um, and he tells her that he fell on some broken glass. Not plausible. No, but you know, she's, what's she going to do? She's yeah. not going to question it. Why would yeah. he lie? Yeah, exactly. Um, but why is he lying? Right. Why doesn't he want to tell her what right. happened? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's just like this weird old device clamped me on the hand and, I, I guess that would be fine to say. It would be weird. Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, later, like, he wants to keep it from her because it's just such insane stuff what's happening to him. Right. But, like, I would tell my partner. Right. If Yeah. It's a, it's Maybe a, it's some sort of, like, I don't know, kind of, like, protectiveness thing. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I, as I recall, there's even a little moment where when he lies, he kind of looks over at Aurora like, you're going to let me get away with this, yeah. right? And she and she totally she does. Does uh, so. I'm just. I'm so curious why he starts lying right away. I mean, and I, I wonder if it's just you know, so the story can. I sort happen. of get the sense also that like in some way he because he brings the device home with him, but hides it. He hides it, so he may be drawn to it already in some way. In and some not way, he knows that. that this is some kind of a dark secret that yeah. he has to keep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that is the interesting thing about this film is it's very, it's really uninterested in telling you what's going on. Yeah, like it's just it. It makes it feel very simple, weirdly, because it mm-hmm. only gives you the most essential information. Yeah, Jesus will make choices, and then you have to fill in. Like, why did he do that? You know, yeah, what which, is he doing? Which right I really now? like. Why is he feeling that way? Yeah. Yeah. I think in this case, it's probably just like this 
protectiveness Mm -hmm. slash maybe he's just secretive with her in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's hard to say. We don't really get a lot of their relationship. We don't. We get just enough. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I quite like that. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. uh, So she, as she's cleaning his hand, she finds something that she describes as being like a stinger. Yeah, it's like a little, very clearly metal. Yeah, she says it's a metal filing. And she says, actually, it's more like a stinger. That's weird. Right. (laughs) And then she just kind of. Yeah. Drops it. Yeah. yeah. She's, and she doesn't really care. Yeah. Uh, so, that night. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Jesus opens the fridge and just drinks a lot of water. So much. So, so, so yeah. much water. And it, man, I was thinking about it. I was just thinking about the actor. I know, having to do that. Having to just gulp down this pitcher of water. Hopefully getting it right pretty soon and not having to do it a bunch of times. Because he's drinking a lot of it's water. It's like really half fat. of a pitcher of just just in one go in one shot yeah one shot uncut yeah it's very interesting but he's just extremely thirsty extremely hot yeah um his hand is itchy he's scratching it and he just looks a little too long at a plate of raw meat yeah it's just an open plate of raw meat in just, the fridge yeah i don't know how it's they... like extra bloody it's really gross looking it's on purpose. Oh yes, it's 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 supposed to be disturbing, and he's just like looking at it, and you're like, why are you looking yeah. at it? Um, but his hand is just so itchy. It's so yep. so itchy, and he's so hot. And he opens a window, and his shirt is open, and he's just sweating, yep. and he's just really unwell. Um, and he goes to the sewing kit, and he pulls out some scissors and yep. starts scratching under his bandages with these uh. scissors, and it's like. Ah! Stop doing that! Um, But he's just so, so, so itchy. He starts biting at his bandages like an animal. And and eventually he's just like, he just looks so like exasperated with himself. He's just like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) And what do I do about this? Like, it's so awful and unpleasant and I'm going insane. Right. Uh, And he lays down on the floor. And on the floor, he sees the shoebox under... The sofa, I expect. It's unclear what this piece of furniture is. But he sees the shoebox. And we cut to Aurora, and she's coloring under her bed covers with glow sticks. And it's so cute. I love her glow sticks. Yes. It's such a cute little trick. It's like, it could have been a flashlight. Yeah, but but just glow sticks. Glow sticks. Yeah. I love that. And they're green glow sticks Mm -hmm. that contrast with the red that she's almost always wearing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Just visually great. Yeah. What a fun choice. Yeah. Um, it just, like, lends some color to the scene. And... Yeah, it just makes it more visually appealing, and yeah. that's what he's all about. Exactly. Uh, so on the stairs, Jesus is unwrapping his bandages, and he takes the device out of the shoebox, and he says, "Be he says, please, please, be very careful. I beg you, please. Yep. And then he says the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, he puts the device on his hand, winds it, and then starts saying the Lord's Prayer. Like, he knows on some, like this, he doesn't know yeah. what he's doing, but he knows there's something wrong with it. Yep. Yep. He's uh, like, preserve my soul, like, yes. basically. Um, and as it starts doing its thing, he yep. falls down on the stairs, 
and this big oh, gnarly stinger comes yeah, out. Oh, yeah, this is the part that always freaks me out so much. It pierces into, like, the heel of his hand. This is the one where you can it, you can tell it's a fake hand, but it's still gross. And it's close up enough, and yeah. you're so fixated, like, oh, no, yeah. that you're not really looking for it. This was something that I only thought about watching it this time. Mm-hmm. The first time I was just like, geez, ah. no, come on. But it's still a very good effect. Oh, it's great, yeah. I mean, uh, again, the first time you're watching it, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about the big... The big stinger! The stinger! Uh, um, and then we get a close-up of gears inside the device yeah. turning. This is a really cool shot. And I feel this like is like my favorite thing in the whole movie when we see inside, inside the device. Inside the device. I... I kind of feel like this is a little unique in his work. Like these, these like extreme close-ups yeah. inside this machine. Like I don't know if I can think of a time that I know of yeah, that well, he did something like that. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. Because it is just a really cool choice and a really unique visual. It feels like just a, a separate model that they had to build, right? Oh, yeah. So like the fact yeah, thinking about how, how much of the budget went into to that model uh-huh. And how cool it looks. It looks really cool because we see all these gears turning and turning and turning and a gross wiggly bug yep, in there. Yep, there's a bug in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's been in there for how long? Like 500 years? Yeah, just about. So uh, that's pretty weird. Um, but we, you know, of course, this had been foreshadowed in yep. the prologue with the bugs yep. on the alchemist table. Mm-hmm. Um, but still not. But what it's a, one would it's expect. a cool looking animatronic bug in yeah, there. Yeah, it's a it's a great visual. Uh, so he sort of lays back in relief. Whatever yep. this has done has alleviated his discomfort. Yep. Uh, apparently, letting this process go half finished is miserable. Yeah, yeah, you have to let the bug have his juice. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Um, he, Aurora is at the top of the stairs and you just see her little glow stick. Yep. And she sees him, uh, yep. very disturbingly laying yeah. on the stairs. Um, and the device releases Jesus. And at that moment he looks up and sees Aurora upstairs and he's like, oh, no, Yeah, don't it's pretty bad. Here. He's it's like caught. It's basically like she caught him doing drugs. It is. And there, I, there are a lot of parallels it feels to drug like use that. here. Yeah. Uh, but he tells her, you know, oh, you know, go to bed. Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Go to bed. Um, and he looks really nervous and like guilty. Yeah. And she's like, I don't buy it, but sure. Like that's <laughs> what I read on her face. And you're moment. my grandpa. So yeah, okay. Like, like fine. Uh huh. And we'll come back to that sort of attitude of hers. Right. So um, we cut to morning, and he is looking at himself in the bathroom mirror, and he's sort he's- of. He's a little younger. He does look a little fresher. Yeah. And he's saying, buenos dias. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, kind of like, hmm, what's, how am I feeling? Like, I think I'm feeling myself today. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's like, kind of pulling at his face yeah. a little bit. And he covers up his mustache. Right. Uh, and um, in the, at, we cut to the dining table. Yep. And he closes the blinds. Um, he's, Mercedes, like he's like, it's too bright yeah, in Mercedes here. Yeah, like, I'm reading. And he's like, it's bright in here. So that's, <laughs> that's an interesting a little, little nod. moment. You can just be a like, little yeah. moment where it's where like, you're like oh. it's not really anything, but it's something. Yeah. Um, and he gives her a kiss and he has shaved off his mustache. And she notices. Yes. And he's he's not wearing his tie. His yep. collar's a little unbuttoned. And she's like, 
uh, yeah. what's <laughs> Like, what is this? And he does. Like, yeah. like it does, even just the mustache being gone makes him look He's, younger. It yeah. was quite a quite a grandfather yeah, mustache. Yeah, it was a grandpa mustache. And uh, now he doesn't have that. He looks like a cool old guy. Yeah. His hair's a yeah. little loose, and he's shaved, and he's not wearing a tie, and he looks like a cool grandpa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's she's stunned. She doesn't really know what how to react. Yeah, she's like, "What happened to my husband?" Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I, I uh, you know, what do you think of it?" And she says, "You look a lot younger." And he says, "Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking." Like, and she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, it's working for me." Yeah, yeah. he's like. So do you like it? Yeah. And she says, yeah, I like it. And he's like, oh, good. I'm glad you like it. It's and... kind of interesting, too, because I got the vibe. I don't know if it's just because she has, like, such really vibrant hair mm-hmm. and he has, like, quite white hair. But yeah. she seemed a little bit younger than him. She does definitely seem younger. And that's, you know, sort of right. plausible for their generation. For, yeah, exactly. That, that he would have married a woman, that, who you was know, somewhat, a decade younger exactly. or something. So that kind of adds a different flavor to it because she's mm-hmm. kind of like oh someone i can relate to more yeah he's like, not such an old fogey right, right exactly. now. i don't know what to do with this but i'm into it <laughs> um and you know he asks where aurora is um and he like unbuttons his shirt a little more yeah he he's like, like shows like... some chest hair <laughs> <laughs> he's getting cool yeah uh and um he's like all right well i'm gonna go to work and she just kind of laughs. She's like very bemused. Right. She's just like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, she's right just now. like, what's going on? <laughs> um, so Jesus goes to the shop alone. He leaves Aurora yeah. home today. Mm-hmm. And it has been smashed up. He finds that the padlock is open on the door and the inside of the shop is just destroyed. And this is another moment where the music goes nuts. <laughs> it's like, oh no, shop! Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's not like, oh damn, the shop. It's like, oh shit! What happened? <laughs> yeah. um, and he just kind of looks around and it's funny that the, that the music is so wild because he's kind of listless. Yeah. He's just kind of looking around like, what do I even do? Right. What right. happened? And he's sort of just like, why? Yeah, he's like, just so mystified yeah. and lost. And then he finds Angel's business card. And it is laminated. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. And on the back has been written, we are open all night. Yep. Um, and just sort of like giving up, uh, Jesus pushes a bell char onto the floor yeah. and breaks it. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good moment. It is a good moment. So he goes to De La Guardia Enterprises and is sort of looking around the floor and looks up to like a catwalk above where Angel is and he greets him and he's like, oh, hey, uh, Senor Grease, like you're here. Um, And Jesus says, you destroyed my shop. Right. And Angel says, I'm not the one you want to talk to. Yep. Angel is still business-like at this point. He has no emotional investment in what is happening here. He does not care. This is still not a huge... He's still just like, oh, my uncle's doing his crazy thing. This is just... This isn't my thing. You want to talk to my uncle. Yeah. So, we cut to Jesus and De La Guardia in the clean room. Yes. De La Guardia's room. Um, It seems that he... They just live in this building. Yeah. In, In the factory? Yeah, they just live in this factory. Okay. It's very whimsical. 
Um, and they didn't want to make another set. They didn't. They, they, it's so much more convenient if everybody is just in one building yes. all the time. We don't have to do a lot of traveling. Uh, and De La Guardia tells Jesus, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, and he shows Jesus the, uh, head, the head of presumably the Archangel statue that had been at right. Jesus's shop because it has the missing eye. Yep. Um, and he takes out the notebook um, and tells Jesus that he found it 40 years ago. Um, so 40 years before 1997 is math. Yeah, I know. So like 50s. So a couple decades after, after the collapse. The, the collapse and yeah. death of the alchemist. Okay. Uh, and he tells him that it is the inscrutable writings of a 16th century alchemist and shows it to him. Apparently it is written backwards in Latin. <laughs> backwards in Latin. It's like, oh, what a what a cipher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and it describes the Kronos device and its rules because this thing has rules. Right. Um, and Jesus finds a drawing of an insect inside and mm-hmm. is like an insect. And De La Guardia tells him that's the stroke of genius. The insect is a living filter, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> it's just cool. It's cool. Well, and then this is when De La Guardia has his very bizarre speech about who says insects aren't God's favorite creatures. Right. You know, insects walk on water like Christ. Right. You that's know, what they he can, says. They can, you know, hibernate in a stone for right. ma- many years. And I don't know. This is just Del Toro loves insects and bugs and creepy crawlies. And Bible metaphors. Yes. <laughs> In this movie, at least. Yes. There's no shortage of like aggressive Bible metaphors. Yes. So he's comparing Christ to insects. And that's a hell of a weird thing to do. And they both walk on water. <laughs> yeah. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> uh, so um, De La Guardia is dying. Yep. And that's why he is interested in the Kronos device. And he's uh, doing all sorts of things to prolong his Lots life. Lots of already. weird treatments. He shows off his uh, glass case of tumors. Yeah. And uh, that's really wild and gross. Yeah. he's He needs to have his excised tumors on display. His whole diet is just pills. Yeah. This guy <laughs> lives a miserable life. Yeah. Now we understand why his room is so sterile and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. He's extremely sick. Uh, sort of vaguely sick, though. Yeah, he's just... Dying. Yeah. He's just yeah. dying with a capital D. This, <laughs> this is this movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Everything is sort of broad and we don't get any more information than we need. Yeah, we don't need it. We exactly. don't need it. Um, and while Jesus is sort of distracted looking at these horrible tumors, he, like, goes over and, like, grabs the shoebox from the chair. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yoink, and just takes it, <laughs> and they fight over it. Yeah. They have um, a little scuffle. They have a little old man scuffle. <laughs> and De La Guardia says, you used it? He realizes with yeah. how possessive Jesus is over it that he must have already tried it out. Yep. Whatever that means. Um, and he uh, calls in Angel who brings Jesus's shoes. Um, it is time for Jesus to go. Yep. Uh, and as he leaves, uh, Jesus tells De La Guardia, we both have something to lose. 
So much cryptic dialogue in this movie. This is just kind of how he talks. He talks very... He's an antiques man, and he speaks very cryptically. And also, the the dialogue in this movie is so... At least the subtitles are so, like, there are no words wasted, like... Yes, it's very sparse. Yes. It's very Spartan. It's weird that it's both Spartan and cryptic. Yes. <laughs> it's a really weird. It's just like someone will just say something kind of yeah. odd and then leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically. It's just the vibe of the movie. Uh, but after Jesus leaves the room, De La Guardia sees that the shoebox had only the padlock in it. Yep. And he's he very pulled not. a switcheroo. A switcheroo. He's a good actor. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and De La Guardia says over the PA as Jesus is making his way out of the building, um, you may continue the game. After all, you have the toy. And this is all in English. Right. But I'm keeping the instructions, and I, and I can't make out with the. I re, I rewound and. So this is my frustration. With this movie mm-hmm. and how it is distributed, at least here mm-hmm. in in uh, North America, because the English isn't subtitled. It's not, and I, I was like, oh, I should turn on the ca- can't. Nope, only nope. Only, only English language the, subtitles for Spanish, for Spanish dialogue. That's it. Can't get any captions. So I don't this know what he is, said. This is such a common thing, and it usually is fine because most yeah. movies are either in English or they're not. Yes. And in this one, it's such a mix that they should ha- be able caption to caption the English. That said, it's just some more cryptic bullshit. Yeah. It doesn't matter what De La Guardia said. Point. It doesn't. He's just point. like, basically he's saying, it's on, bitch. Like, yes. that's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is happening. We're at war now. <laughs> uh but and the gist is you've got the chronos device but i'm the one with the notebook so right. i know how to use it that's that's right. the important that's, thing yeah so jesus hurries home pulls out an identical shoebox that actually is supposed to contain the device. the device but it is empty and he yep. realizes that aurora has taken it he gets very scared cuz she's the only other person that knows yep. about it um and he runs up to her weird rooftop playroom that looks very dangerous for a child (laughs) it's got like broken glass it's like it's like half like a junky storage shed half playroom well it's like the attic right but you access it like from the roof like you access it from outside on the roof fully up to the roof fully up there where there's like a sofa sitting up there apparently that is more of a thing in mexico that people have i yeah i imagine it is and so there's some kind of a shed on the roof yep that she plays in i guess (laughs) and it looks really dangerous one would assume that it was not designated as a player. No, she's just sort of taking it over. But she has a lot of toys in there. That's true. And he knew immediately that she would be there. She has significantly a person-sized toy chest. She's a person-sized toy chest. She has a little tea party table. Yeah. This is her playroom. Yeah. It's very <laughs> it says weird. a lot about her, really. It does, actually, <laughs> that she likes playing in here. Yes. Uh, it's whimsical. Mm-hmm. So um, he runs up there and is looking for her, and he said he can't. He knows she's in there, mm-hmm. um, but can't find her yet. And he says, "I know you have it." 
looks around, digs through the big, big toy box, and then he sees her little saddle shoes peeking out from behind the curtain. And so he's like, okay. And he sits down in the tiniest chair known to man. And he says, are you scared? Do you think something will happen to me? He's being a very... Okay, he's making really bad personal choices, yes. but he's being a very good grandpa. Yes, extremely. Yeah, that's he's exactly what's happening. He's being very good and grandfatherly about making this little girl enable his right. habit. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. It, it sits in a weird place because yeah. it's really endearing and sweet. And he's so gentle with her and so sweet yeah. with her. Uh, well, yeah. Cause, but it starts to get unsettling because you're like, what's happening to Yeah. Him? So he starts pouring the tea. He's like, are you comfortable back there? And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts telling her he gives her the little teacup with a little yeah. apparently it's really a drink because he puts a little tiny sugar cube oh in yeah it. so she's got her little tea up there <laughs> um and he tells her a story about her dad when he was little right that he, when he was a little boy he heard something about lung cancer right and so took jesus's cigarettes and tried to flush them he put right. them in the toilet um, and Jesus tells her, I understood that he was worried and he understood that I understood. And here's the thing about that, Jesus, because, okay, yes, you know, he's, what he's saying is like, I know that you're worried about me. Right. And it's very sweet that you're worried, but I'm the grown up. Right. Yeah. That's what he's saying. But I acknowledge your worry. Right. And that's a great way to talk yeah. to a kid to say like, yeah. I can see that you are worried. Like, I appreciate that you are worried. Legitimizing her perspective. Yeah. But, but both children's yeah. perspective actually is extremely legitimate. That's Jesus, the thing. don't smoke cigarettes don't smoke. and don't use the Kronos device. Yeah. These kids are right to be worried that about was what you. I thought about and that to take too. these bad things away like... from you. Like they are right. Yeah. But he's like doing the thing like, you know, I understand that you're worried, but it's gonna be okay. Right. You know, as though he's like you know, oh, I have a dangerous job, but I will take care of myself, I promise. I'm resp like no, no It's clearly bad. You're like. you're you're using things that are killing you. Yeah. Like you're this is bad this is bad yeah. for you. And they're right. Yep. So that's very interesting. Yeah. It's a it very felt very Yeah. Because of course the point isn't I saw that he was worried and so I quit smoking. He didn't quit smoking. He didn't In fact, quit he's, smoking. he says, I think that he realized afterwards that taking my cigarettes away wasn't going to accomplish anything. Right. And that's his way of basically saying, like, whether this is wrong or not, what you're doing isn't actually going to... Yeah. Yeah. Basically, he's saying, like, you didn't actually accomplish anything, right. but I get the message. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but you're... <laughs> don't smoke though so it, it it's it's yeah, a it's, very it's interesting moment really interesting yeah um but he says i don't know what's wrong with me but it's best if we're together <sighs> she's tougher than he is oh yeah definitely so she comes out and shows him that the device is hidden in the teddy bear's yeah. neck Yep, because she's metal. She's badass. <laughs> and they hug. And it's very sweet, but it's yeah. also like... It's unsettling at the same time. You made this little girl give your habit back to you. Yep. Yep. Because the thing is, you can go out and buy more cigarettes, but there's only one Kronos device. So if she hid it well enough, you wouldn't be able to get it back. <laughs> yeah, and that's what she doesn't realize about this whole story. That yeah. 
He's like, you know, it's not really going to do anything for you to just take it away, even though it does, actually. It's something she is capable of withholding from him. So, uh, it's like a very sweet moment, and then we get this really abrupt cut to the bathroom and the terrible chink noise of the device, and he's in pain, and then he's relieved. Um, we see that he has placed it on his oh, chest, so his bare chest, and of course, that's the image that HBO uses as the yep. cover yep. for the movie. Is this shirtless old Mexican man with a metal <laughs> device attached to his skin? It's so funny because, like the the original poster was just a big picture of the Kronos it's device. Very stylish. I really like yeah. that art, and that's what the art usually is for the movie. But sometimes you'll see. Like ads for it or posters for it that are always the goriest parts of the movie. (laughs) And it's like, you know, those are significant parts, but they're not most of the movie. Most of the movie is an old Mexican man walking around. I mean, (laughs) when I watched this movie for the first time, like a long time ago, it was back when Hulu was hosting Criterion movies. Mm. And that's where I first saw it. And they had as like their banner image. I'll never forget it. Him licking the blood off the floor. Oh, that's a bad one. So there's a history of the streaming services doing this. Why would they do... Okay. So uh, there's a knock at the bathroom door. Mm -hmm. And outside Mercedes says, "Uh, I need your help. We're going to be late. Uh, And he takes the device off his chest and he says to it, Who are you, little one? A god? Uh, And... The device stops whirring, and he says, you're very good for me. And it's like, this is... Bad news. This is so bad. Like, the parallels to drug use are just getting yeah. clearer and clearer. Yeah, it's bad, bad times. Um, and he hides it in the bear. This is now yeah. the hiding place for the Kronos device. Terrible. Is, Mer- is uh, Aurora's, Aurora's little bear. Little teddy bear. Um, so outside, Mercedes is complaining that her dress doesn't fit. Um, mm-hmm. That she wore it last year, and uh, it's you know that it's so frustrating to change so much in so little time. Oh, and that's man. a thing. That's significant. Yeah. Uh, and inside the bathroom, Jesus is like cleaning himself up, and he finds this weird goo on himself. Yeah, and he's like healing up, like yeah, and then he like quickly. wipes off the blood, and it's just like completely healed, yep. miraculously within seconds, yep. he has healed. So that's odd super weird (laughs) um we are transition with some applause we're at the new year's party um so christmas has passed it is now new year's and jesus and mercedes dance and it's very romantic yeah that's cute um and they reminisce about the first time he saw her and how he thought she would never give him a chance and that she was so beautiful and they kiss and it's the most adorable romantic yeah. evening i love old people yes. love yes, we have been here before i have said yes. this before old people love um it's really really sweet they it's do the some very old people making out yeah it's kind of funny it's <laughs> that cute. very old hollywood we're kissing by just sort of smashing, smashing our, our mouths together, together yeah. without doing any real kissing we're just sort of like yep. mouth to mouth <laughs> kind of wobbling yep, exactly forth. that i don't know who decided that's what kissing looks like but i've never actually seen that in the wild <laughs> No, no. <laughs> no one kisses like that, I don't think. No, it doesn't look it's, like it would 
be that enjoyable. It's the weirdest, most chaste way to make out I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like some weird haze code shit, I think. Oh, it is. It is, because you couldn't, you couldn't. You couldn't get too salacious. You couldn't have a make out. You couldn't. Unfortunately, in the Hayes Code, there was this whole thing about, like, you couldn't show directly that the woman was enjoying it. Oh. So that plays into it, too. That's where, oh. that's where, the, that's where the foot pop comes from in old movies. Oh. It was code. Code for <laughs> she's having a good time. Yes. That's so weird. It's a real thing. That's so bizarre. Anyway, so this <laughs> anyway, is a kiss so like having, that. Yes. Uh, and I don't know why, because it's 1993, and you can just have your characters kind of kiss a, each other. Kind of a campy film. Yeah, and they're old. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it feels very classic. Yeah. Uh, so at the table, uh, so Aurora looks like she's not having a good time. And they, they like specifically cut from the makeout to Aurora being like, mm. <laughs> and like partially, you know, it's like the, like I'm a little kid at a grown up holiday party yeah. and I'm having a terrible time. Yeah. And also my grandparents are making out and also my, my grandpa grandpa's has a, acting weird. Yeah, has has a weird drug addiction possibly. Yeah, she's just unhappy with She's having a bad time. Events. Yep. Um we're at the table and Jesus and Mercedes are just being very cuddly. They're just canoodling. They <laughs> yep. don't have time for anyone else. It's they're just they're just kids in love again. Yep. Um, and Aurora is having the worst time still. She's doing that. She's playing with her food at the table like yeah. she was at breakfast. She's like, uh, can I go home? <laughs> uh, I want to go play in the attic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then a man nearby gets a nosebleed really severely. A really, a really aggressive nosebleed. <laughs> and Jesus is transfixed by this. That's, yeah. that's really just about the worst. Like... The vampire being appetized by, by a, nose a nosebleed. Bleed. It's it's one of the worst things. And of course, it makes so much sense because it's one of the most casual ways to bleed. Yeah. Some people just get a nosebleed and it's not a yeah. big deal. It was the most plausible way at a party for him to be like, oh, no blood. Like Right. And it's like, oh, everybody is fine and right. no one is alarmed. This is just a thing that happens to people right. sometimes. I get it. It's a very useful device, but like puke. Yeah. Puke, puke, puke. Yeah. And of course... We're all over. This scene yeah. is about grossing you out. Oh, this whole bit, yeah. Yes. So, um, and he, he gets up and he says, "I'm gonna go get a drink." Go get a drink. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he must sort of be feeling it. Like, even if he, he doesn't, he, knows. he doesn't. It's almost like he doesn't want to know because later he is like human blood, and it's right. like, but you did drink human blood already. He has a compulsion towards it. He was looking at that meat in the mm-hmm. in the fridge, but he continues to deny it even after this scene, which right. is very interesting. Um, so he follows the man upstairs to the bathroom. Um, we see a man dressed as a clock. It's so it's focused on, but it's so random. It's so weird. I mean, I get, it's, it's you not know, necessarily random because there's a lot of clockwork and picking and all clockwork, sorts of stuff. Thema- thematic, time, New yeah. Year's. It's like, you know. It's, but it's, it's a funny thing. It's very silly looking. He's very silly looking. <laughs> um, but in the bathroom, and it's quite a nice bathroom, mm-hmm. the man is cleaning himself up at the sink. Um, and he's like, oh, this happens to me when I get too hot. Uh, I knew this was going to happen anyway. Uh, and he's just like, are you okay? And the man's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm fine. Bye. Uh, and immediately. Yeah. Jesus yep. goes to this this blood that the man has neglected to clean up on the counter. Yeah. And starts kind of like oh. squeegeeing it up, like pooling it up. <laughs> yeah. Like he's almost like 
am I doing this? Right. Am I really yeah. doing this? Because he's like putting it off. Yeah. Almost. Like he could just go to town on it right yeah. then and there, but he's not. He's like, yeah. I just, maybe if I just. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, and suddenly a man comes out from a stall and yep. Jesus like gets up and walks away and um oh the dude's reaction is really he says some racist shit right <laughs> so he's like oh this is disgusting yeah. all these uh, i don't know he just like starts saying some yeah. racist stuff yeah and it's really weird and i was like oh i guess and he like wipes up the blood he cleans like, it up with his hand yeah and then he just like washes he's just like, like i'm going home <laughs> It just yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's really this guy's weird. It's yeah. like a, I I all year I'm waiting for this fancy party and then I walk into the bathroom and there's this nasty shit. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a really funny moment, honestly. That's, it is. Um and Jesus is like, oh no. Um The blood and I then was going to eat. There is a blood splatter oh, on, on the, the floor. floor. And Jesus is like, well, I'm doing this. And he just lays down on his belly and begins licking it up off of the bathroom floor. And it's disgusting. And it's like, okay, we get it. The Kronos device (laughs) is drugs. I get it. Uh... (laughs) And again, that was the first image I ever saw from this film. The man licking blood off a marble floor. At least it looks very clean. It's for a very a bathroom. nice bathroom. Yeah. But it is the floor in of, front of, of the sinks. Bathroom, yeah. It's yeah. a high traffic zone. <laughs> yeah, it's still really bad. Like. Uh, but he's just licking it up and we just watch him do this. For a little while, yeah. And then some shoes walk by and yep. kick Jesus in the yep. face. Yep. Very suddenly. Uh-huh. Um, downstairs, the countdown is happening um, mm-hmm. while Jesus is being dragged away. Mercedes and Aurora are sitting at the table wondering where Jesus has gone. He was going to go get a drink. And he and never came yeah. back. Um, the countdown is happening and they're just sitting there like, um. <laughs> yep. And outside in Jesus's car, Angel waits with Jesus, who is unconscious in the passenger seat, um, and he's looking at his nose. Yeah, because <laughs> he's on hell, and that's what he cares he's about. With his nose, um, and he gets some liquor, he drinks it, and then he feeds some to Jesus, who is awoken by this. Right, and Angel says to him, "Happy New Year," and then starts beating the shit out of him. <laughs> and there's some some really uh, wonky punching sounds. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty awkward fight. Yeah, um, but. You know, he tried. He tried. He'll get better at action. Oh, yes. He'll get better. Yeah. For a first attempt, perfectly serviceable. (laughs) Serviceable. We get the point. It doesn't look too silly. Um, But Angel says to him, tell me where it is or my uncle won't leave me alone. (laughs) Like, he still doesn't actually care about what's happening. He's just like... This is just an inconvenience. It's annoying to him. He's a psycho. Yeah. No, he's a total psycho. Oh, totally. Um, And... You know, Jesus is on the ground, and Angel asks him what it is that he's looking for and why his uncle wants it. And Jesus is like, he never told you? (laughs) And Angel's like, you guys think I'm so stupid. Well, I'm not stupid. And he starts hitting him again (laughs) and sits down on the ground with him. 
Um, and Jesus tells him that De La Guardia thinks it will help him live longer. Right. And Angel starts laughing. And he says, that fucker does nothing but shit and piss all day and he wants to, to live, live longer. longer. He's That's just... the best line in the movie, in my opinion. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Uh, and Jesus just begs to be left alone. Right. Um, and Angel is like, you don't tell me what to do and beats the shit out of him. Yeah. He's just mercilessly punching him in the face. Uh, and it's, it, it worked quite well because Ron Perlman is an imposing figure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and tells him to get up and he puts him into the car and does kind of a football lunge yeah. to push it off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. He's very American. Um, and he pushes the car over the cliff and it crashes yeah. below onto pavement it seems yeah it's and, sort of unclear but yeah uh pulls out his liquor again takes a drink and tosses it down after the car and at the bottom jesus is in the car and he is dying and we hear some sort of voiceover from him mm-hmm. um like you know there's blood everywhere yeah this is my blood everything's upside down um and he starts saying you know don't I don't want to die. I can endure a lot more. Yeah. Significant moment for a squeamish man such as him. Yeah. But yeah. he just he just prays to live. Yeah. At this moment. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. He's yeah. all smashed up in this upside down car. really well done scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to Aurora in bed. Yep. Um, she gets up. Like she, it almost seems like Jesus and Aurora have, have this a psychic like, link yeah, they of have some a connection kind. there. Oh, certainly. Because she gets up and she puts on her little shoes. Yeah. And this is one of the most comical moments in the movie. We yeah. cut to the mortuary. Yeah. Uh, the music is very comical, kind of um, mariachi music. Yeah, the, the whole mortuary mortician bit is so goofy. Tito the mortician. Yep. Uh, he's where he's wearing his suspenders and undershirt, and he's smoking, and he's preparing Jesus's body, and he's stitching, and he's stapling, and he doesn't care at all. No, like he, he's he's just like slapping it on, and he's just, got this like sort of putty that he's putting. Yeah, on he's his molding face. the head to like uh, fill in the the, the wounds, injuries. Yeah, um, and the who I presume is a funeral director, is standing there with a Bible just kind of watching him do his thing. And the funeral director's like, wow, this is your best work yet, Tito. And Tito's like, fuck yeah, it is. (laughs) Tito's very funny. (laughs) Um, And the funeral director's like, it's really a shame that they're going to cremate him. And Tito's like, what the fuck? You let me do all this work? (laughs) It's such a gag. It's the silliest. It's really weird. We've had this very dramatic death scene. It's, it's like yeah, a murder. And then we just have Tito. You're like, and, fucking and A. The, the, the cremation joke is so, like, <laughs> so extra. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, the funeral director explains, like, yeah, they changed their minds. He didn't make any arrangements. Right. So they're just going to have to cremate. Right. And Tito says, oh, it's the same story. All of these guys, these bastards think they'll live forever. Oh. Oh, that's great i no, i really enjoyed tito i think he's very funny uh, it's it's kind of 
out of nowhere. Yeah. It feels, yeah. it's kind of it, jarring, but it's, but it's extremely it's charming. It's really, really yes. funny. Um, so, we cut to Angel in his weird room that seems to have, like, a mural of trees painted on the right. walls. I don't know what this kind of, this room is very weird. Um, it seems to be the same night because he's wearing his dress shirt, right. but no pants. And he is listening to a tape about plastic surgery. Of course he is. Um, and then his little, like, radio communicator thingy beeps, and he says, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yes, uncle? <laughs> yeah. It's, like, very... <laughs> it's a campy it's, moment. It's, uh... And then he puts his pants on, and he's just muttering. Yeah. He's just like, motherfucking, what do you fucking want from me? And he's yeah, just like... Yeah, he, he, like, goes he's on like, yeah, whole, I'll be like, there right in a minute. Like, <laughs> insult terror. Yeah. And he's got some English and some Spanish in there. Uh-huh. Calls him pendejo. Yeah. Uh, but then on the actual radio, he's, he's like, very... of course I'll be there. Yep. <laughs> Doing that thing. Uh, it's funny. Um, and then we hear the sound of a blow. And we cut to De La Guardia's bloody cane. Yeah. It's, it's like my favorite editing moment in the whole movie. It's, it's good. It's good. It's really slick. Um, and... Uh, Angel's nose is bleeding. Yep. He's broken Angel's nose with his cane. Um, and De La Guardia is ranting and tirading and asks about Jesus's heart. Um, and Angel's like, I don't know. He had there was he, there was an accident. He skidded off the road. Right. I didn't touch him. Right. He's a psychopath. Yeah. Um, and De La Guardia keeps asking, "Did you check his heart? Did you check his heart?" And Angel's like, "Why does it matter? <laughs> right. If he's dead, he's dead." Um, and De La Guardia is just berating him, and Angel looks legitimately yeah. frightened of him. He's, yeah. like, cowering a lot. Um, and Angel has one more job to do. Yep. So, uh, we cut to Angel entering the funeral home. Yeah. During, uh, Jesus' funeral, we see Mercedes very briefly, she's mm-hmm. crying, um, and it is an open casket. And I gotta say, if this is Tito's best work... <laughs> I I think the implication is supposed to be that he stopped when he learned that it was going to be a cremation. Right. So it's a half-finished job. It's it's bad. It he looks, looks really bad. It's extremely ghoulish. He honestly looks worse. Than he will later when he's yes. actually decomposing. Yes. Yeah, he looks really gnarly. Uh, just the makeup and... Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's, it's bad, bad times. Super unpleasant. Um, but... Angel takes out a stick of gum and puts the wrapper in, <laughs> into Jesus's jacket yep. pocket. Um, and then kind of looks around making sure no one's watching and pinches Jesus's nose for several seconds yep. until he is satisfied. That dude's that definitely he's dead. He's definitely dead, not breathing. And he kind of nods like, all right. What a way to check. Yeah. Just pinch his nose. It's a very weird and aggressive way to yeah. check that someone. It's like, it's almost accusatory. Yeah. It's like, oh, try to breathe, right. motherfucker. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a really odd choice. Yeah. But it feels right for Angel. Yep, it does. It does. He's a weird guy. Uh, then we cut to, uh, the crematory, um, and Tito is preparing, uh, Jesus for cremation, and he sees a lipstick mark on Jesus's cheek, and he's like, oh, (laughs) look at you. He's like, don't worry, I'll clean you up, I won't send you down, uh, with, you know, covered in lipstick and nude, they'll think you went whoring. (laughs) Won't send you to heaven like this. Oh, Tito. This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. It's, more of this sort of 
dark humor yeah, that this like, movie is filled with. Goofy dark humor. It's super goofy, but it's just like, you know, this gallows comedy yep, exactly. of this like super wacky mortician. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and he's just like saying crude stuff to right. corpses. And right. it's like, oh, how irreverent. Uh, it's fun. Um, so he tries to light up the like crematory uh, and it flares up and dies. Yeah. And he's like, oh, something's wrong. Um, he has closed Jesus yep. into the casket. Goes down to check the pipes. He does a little dance on his way down. <laughs> he's just a very colorful character. Um, and he finds a leak in a pipe <laughs> and he patches it with yep. a rag. He is the most cavalier. Yeah chill he's like this is extremely dangerous Tito. <laughs> that's not right um but it works so on his way up he it, and it's just the the subtlest moment i yeah. didn't even notice it the first time i watched on his way up the stairs a, a door is slightly ajar and he yeah. just shuts it and it's like yep why was that door open yeah and he goes up and the casket is open, open. again yep. but tito doesn't really notice because the lid opens towards him. Yeah, he doesn't see anything He doesn't odd. see anything. And he's just so kind of laid back that he doesn't remember that he closed it. He doesn't think yeah. anything of it. He's like, oh, just, I forgot to close it. Whatever. Doesn't think about it. Um, but <laughs> he lights it up. Um, doesn't look inside. Just closes the casket. <laughs> and he's like, see you later, brosif. Cremates the empty casket. It's, uh, it's very funny to me. Yeah. As, as a bit of visual comedy it is it's especially <laughs> funny to me having like worked in the funeral industry right. <laughs> like imagine right being so like that way about to be it so irreverent about it <laughs> you know it's like it's it, it is what it is you know you're preparing right. bodies you're preparing it's whatever but like just to but. be that like <laughs> silly about the whole process it's it's pretty amusing it's like oh no don't do that right um and then he hops up on the little like tape conveyor belt table takes the gum out of his mouth sticks it to his suspenders and starts eating a banana <laughs> it's oh, so no. dumb um and at this moment the funeral director brings in angel saying oh this is a friend of senor grease uh right. he wants to see the body one last time and tito says oh okay medium or well done oh god <laughs> right it's like no and of course like i was expecting the funeral director to be like tito no right <laughs> but nobody reacts yeah. to this line and angel just kind of peeks inside and smiles um outside mm -hmm. jesus is wearing his weird coffin suit backward yep because it opens in the back sure. it's a fake suit and so it like actually right and so it was like weird to wear it i imagine and so he just turned it around to wear it more like an actual jacket but oh, it makes okay. it look backwards right because it's made to like be put onto a body that's laying down so right. it actually opened so down the back <laughs> Uh, and he, he, uh, he just looks awful. Oh, he looks terrible. He looks so, so yeah. bad. And he steps on broken glass. He is barefoot. That's the other part that freaks me out. This like, is a really gnarly scene yeah. right here. Because he, like, steps on the broken glass and sits down and, like, pulls it very painfully out of his foot. And then he uses the broken glass to, to cut the thread the... that sewed his lips shut. Oh, the worst. Ugh, it's really gross. It's like, that's, yeah. uh, that's street glass. Yeah, it's uh, terrifying. Oh, all aspects of this are bad. Uh, he just wants to make us cringe. This is, this is a horror film. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's not particularly scary, but it's but a it, horror film. It relies film. on some decent, like, shock imagery. Mm-hmm. It definitely will creep you out. Yeah. Um, he picks through some garbage, and he finds a very nice and clean blanket. <laughs> Lucky Jesus. Yeah. Um, and he, he needed something. He needed something, and he found exactly <laughs> what he needed. Uh, and he finds a newspaper with his obituary. Yeah. And I believe the date of birth is 1940. Okay. And the date of death, the year of death is 1997. Okay. Uh, a couple years in the future. And it says, he <laughs> isn't, isn't dead. dead. He, he left, left early. early. <laughs> it's really on the nose. And he's kind of like, ha ha. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, you don't know how right you exactly. are. <laughs> um, and there's, this is a great transition because we now cut to Mercedes sitting on the bed with the same newspaper. Right. Looking at the obituary. I mean, she's got different right. stuff, or papers around her. Like, she's maybe sending out, like, thank you cards or sure. something. She's dealing with post-funerary right. papers. And the phone rings. And she answers. And we see that it is Jesus on the other end calling from a payphone. Yeah. And she says, hello, hello. And he just says Mercedes, and she hangs up immediately. Interesting. Yeah. Like that moment of just like, nope, can't yep. be you. This isn't happening. Yep. Nope, nope, She's nope, just nope. Like, this is freaky. Hanging not, up now. Not gonna engage in this. <laughs> can't deal with that idea. Not gonna. But Aurora was listening on the yeah. line. So she knows, oh, yeah. Grandpa's coming home. Yep. Uh, she's very matter-of-fact about it. Yeah, she's the most pragmatic yep. person in this entire movie. It's true. Actually. It's true. Um, and Jesus has a little tantrum with the payphone. He's really frustrated because this is awful. Right. He's, for all yeah. intents and purposes, dead, and he's miserable, and he's decaying, and this is not yep. what he wanted. He wants his life back. Um, so he covers up with the blanket and hobbles away through the rain and goes home. And Aurora meets him at the door yeah. and gives him a towel. And it is, he looks so relieved yeah. to just have this moment of comfort. Yeah. He just starts toweling himself off and Aurora is completely unfazed. Like yeah. he looks like a ghoul. He looks like a zombie, basically. And, but she doesn't care because no. this is grandpa. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is when she empties the toy chest. Yeah. It's so sweet. Uh, she's just like, well. Grandpa's a vampire now, yeah. so... Uh, and he can fully fit in this toy it's chest. It's really big. Yeah. Um, so he's in the room using the device. Yep. Um, while she's doing this, and he says, is that for me? And he gets up, and the morning sun has started to shine through the holes in oh, the roof. right. That's the other thing. <laughs> and he starts burning. Yeah, literally um, burning. This is a terrible playroom for a child. <laughs> Think about when it rained. It just rained a lot last night. Right. Yeah. How, how are all oh. her toys not ruined? That's a good question. Uh, but yeah, the holes in the ceiling are like really exaggerated. Really exaggerated. It's a great visual to yeah. see these beams of sunlight coming but through. But you just wonder, like, why? Why their house is very nice? Why doesn't she play inside? She's got stuffed animals out here. She's too edgy. They're gonna get ruined. Um, but she closes him in with with a doll on either side. Yeah. It's, tucks him in for bed. It's adorable. Um, and then she is painting on the wall, and presumably this is later yep. that evening. Um, Some bright red paint. Mm-hmm. She's painting a sun on the wall, 
because maybe that's why she likes to play out here because grandma and grandpa don't give a shit what she does to this room she can <laughs> destroy enough, she can, it and she paint, can on, the paint walls. on the walls it's a good fine. point it's her it's own little point. room to destroy um and the toy box opens very dracula style yeah. <laughs> the toy box lid comes open uh it's very cute and um she kind of looks over like oh grandpa's up uh <laughs> and we get jesus's voiceover writing a letter to mercedes and this is a yeah. very interesting moment yeah because he's using like a blue sharpie and he's yeah. just writing on many many pieces of paper um and the voiceover is his letter saying he's still alive but he's in pain everything is strange everything feels foreign yep and as he finishes pages he crumples them up and drops them on the floor, right. and Aurora puts them into a little wagon. Yeah. Um, and we see, like, as he's writing, he's, like, licking the marker, which you don't need to do with a Sharpie, no. Jesus. And his tongue is turning blue. Um, <laughs> and he just looks even worse. Like, his yeah. skin is starting to change color. He's, like, yeah. going necrotic. Um, and he tells Mercedes in the letter, um, Aurora will stay with you, and she will give you this letter. Um, I have to go to a kind of an appointment um, because if I've lost everything, I'd like to know why. And as we see him writing, it almost seems like he's not really writing this letter. Right. Because he just like writes a word and then crumples it up and she gathers it. Yeah. And it's like, is, he, is his mind rotting away too? You kind of get that feeling that like, or maybe we're just hearing some sort of composite... But like this is what write, he wants to say, but he's having trouble. Yeah, it's really unclear what is happening here with yeah, this letter. Yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit. Aurora is like collecting all of these pages. Yeah, but he's like not really writing on them. He's licking the sharpie. <laughs> Something is Something, wrong with yeah, him. Yeah, clearly at and, this and point, it's probably because he's not following the rules of the device, right? And so yeah. he is like going mad, right? Um, Probably because he doesn't want to string a dude up and drain his blood and drink the blood. Like. Right. And like maybe on some intuitive level, he knows that that's what he needs to do. And he's but he's not un- about it. He's yeah. unwilling to accept that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he tells Mercedes that he realizes how much he misses her and that when he comes back, he hopes that she will be willing to see him. Um, and in the house, Mercedes is playing the piano. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a, chill tune kind mm-hmm. of kind of out of tune piano but yeah but it's kind of a somber yeah pensive piece um and then we see de la guardia enterprises at night yep um and there's a, a watchman patrolling around the factory and jesus is sneaking in um he goes to the service elevator he knows his way up and but then he hears something yep and aurora has followed yep, him and she is course. hiding with a glow stick yep. and the bear <laughs> yep um and he kind of picks her up and pulls her over and he's like i told you not to come um and she shows him that she has the chronos device and yep. he's like don't you know that this is dangerous don't you realize they could kill us and she just smiles and nods like i know it's fun and he's like god damn it uh, <laughs> she's already here it's so, hilarious yeah she's like yeah <laughs> This is what I like. Um, so then we get this great <laughs> shot of uh, Jesus has opened the like food tray window yeah. to De La Guardia's room. And Aurora has a glow stick in her mouth. Yeah. She's like holding it in her teeth. Uh, and so Jesus kind of like peeks in 
and then passes her through the yep. window so that she can unlock the door. Yep. And it's like, well, what would you have done Dumb. had she not come? Hey, <laughs> Jesus, what was your plan? Uh, it's super cute. She just yep. like passes through this window with this glow stick in her mouth. Um, so she opens, she kind of looks around, opens the door for him, and they sneak around looking for the notebook. Um, Aurora looks at the tumors. Right. And is unbothered. Um, and then finds the box with the notebook, but it is right next to De La Guardia's bed. And for some reason, Jesus did not anticipate De La Guardia being here asleep in his own bed. I don't know. Just thought he could sneak around. Maybe. I don't know. You brought a five-year-old with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... As Aurora finds the box with the notebook and goes away with it, De La Guardia peeks out from his curtained bed uh, and just kind of sees her and gets up. Yep. Um, she brings the box to Jesus. Uh, he looks through the notebook and De La Guardia says, it works. Yeah. Uh, he says, I knew you'd be back, but if you notice there's something missing... I ate the pages. Oh, I ate the geez. missing pages. And he says, it's the best meal I've had in years. <laughs> so extra. <laughs> yeah, he's really, oh. really arch. Um, and Jesus asks why he's rotting away. He's like, you told me that this was eternal life, but I'm rotting away. Like, what is going on? Right. And Del Grey says, peel off your skin. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's like, like what? He, he's like very extra about it too. He's like, peel it off. Peel it off. Um, and so he's like, look, I'll just show you. And starts peeling Jesus' <laughs> skin off of his face and shows him in his in the mirror this white, yeah. white skin underneath. And Jesus is like, okay. And starts like peeling the skin away from his face. Um, and he asks, what's happening to me? And De La Guardia says, you've been reborn. Yep. And... Quite surreptitiously, De La Guardia presses the call button to call Angel. Yeah. And we cut to Angel in his bathroom at the mirror. And he says, what the fuck is it now, you dried up old prude? (laughs) 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 Uh, Back in the room, Jesus is freaking out and is like, you know, what is this? Like, what Mm -hmm. am I missing? Uh, Why is this going so poorly? Right. Uh, You know, what, what is it that's missing? And... De La Guardia, very matter-of-factly, says, blood. Blood. Sangre. Yeah. And Jesus says, human? Like, he knew. Yeah. He knew. He didn't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. And De La Guardia says, you can't gain eternity with a cow or pig. <laughs> Apparently. I don't know. Okay, sure. But but with you can with a bug. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> um, but Jesus threatens to break the device. And mm-hmm. De La Guardia's like, go ahead, but it'll kill you. Um, and De La Guardia proposes that they share. Um, and Jesus says, I don't want to share. I just want out. I don't want this to be happening to me anymore. Right. I want to go back to my normal life. De La, De La Guardia says, oh, well, that's better for me. There is a way out, but you need to give me the device first. Right. Uh, Jesus, of course, does not trust him. And De La Guardia says, good thing you don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while they are sort of not facing each other, De La Guardia pulls a hidden blade from his cave. Yeah, of because course. Because of, of course he has that. <laughs> um, and Jesus asks Aurora for the device. And she is reluctant. He's like, no, I, it'll be okay. Just trust me. Right. She's smarter than you. Yeah. Uh, and he, 
Dale Gordia goes to take the device from him, and Jesus says, first my way out, and Dale Gordia's like, fine, and stabs him. <laughs> right. It's like, he's almost, like, irritated that he has to kill him. Right. Um, and Jesus stumbles around, he falls into the hanging statues. Yep. Um, and they struggle on the ground, Dale Gordia tries to pierce Jesus's heart, um, and then Aurora comes up yes. behind him and hits him with the cane. Yes. Best the moment. The hero. Yes. And she looks so cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> she yeah. looks awesome. It's an amazing moment yeah. for Just her. Yeah, so good. Getting shit done. Yes. No hemming and hawing. Yep. She knows what you gotta do. Grandpa's a vampire? Okay, put him in the toy box. <laughs> like, she knows what to do. She's the best. She's great. She's great. <laughs> um, so Angel is on his way up, calls to De La Guardia on the radio, but doesn't get any answer. Yep. Um, and upstairs, Jesus says, let's go, okay? Um, and then sees De La Guardia's blood. And oh, no. goes down and drinks from his neck. Very vampirically. Yep. And Aurora just sort of watches him do this. <laughs> like, kind of deadpan. Like, she's yeah. not really reacting. She's just observing. She's just like, Grandpa's a vampire. Okay. This sure. is what's happening. And it's like, she's definitely sort of a, a different child to begin yeah. with. You know, she's mute, it seems. And yep. she's just kind of on a different wavelength. Yep. And... She's probably sort of morbid a little bit a little in her bit. sensibilities. And she's just so young that she's yeah. like in a place where she can just say, okay, well, I love and trust my grandpa yeah. and this is what is happening. Yeah. So here we are. Yep. I'm not going to fight it. Yep. <laughs> she's just like, yeah, I'm sure, not gonna this run away from happening. it. Yep. This is happening. Uh, so uh, they both sort of at the same moment notice the elevator is coming up. Yep. And so Jesus takes Aurora just as Angel is coming up out of the elevator. Um, Angel is a little startled to see that the door is open. Right. And then sees that Dale Guardia's body is laying on the floor bleeding out. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks around like, uh, and then says, Merry Christmas! And yeah. just starts celebrating. He's very he's, campy about it. Like, yeah, he's just so ecstatic yep. that Uncle is dead. Um, and then... Dale Guardia isn't dead, and he kind of reaches out for him, and Angel steps on his neck and says, yep. you kept me waiting long enough. It's brutal. And, and kills him. Yep. And then he hears Jesus and Aurora, and he just says, you? <laughs> like, he's just like, what is going on? <laughs> and Jesus hits him in the face with the cane. Yeah, and breaks his nose breaks again. Breaks his nose. He's like, my nose again. <laughs> um... Uh, while uh, Jesus and Aurora are smashing out the window to yep. flee. I don't know why. They could have just flee. They could just... They could just run out the normal way. They could just go out the door. I don't know. I don't know It's more either. dramatic this it's way. It's more dramatic this way. But, like, you came in through the door. You can go out through the door. Um, but, yeah, Angel's like, ah, not my nose again, and pursues them out onto the roof with a metal bar and says, yep. now I have to kill you again. Is he only going after him because he broke his nose? Probably. He doesn't care about his, he, his well, uncle. Well, yeah, I was a little... So this was the moment where I was kind of like, I don't know. Like, it felt a little contrived. Well, yeah. I mean, they run out on the roof only so that they can have this confrontation in front of a giant clock. And it's like, okay, <laughs> Jesus did break your nose, but he also gave you everything you ever wanted. 
Like, they just killed your uncle. You will get your inheritance. Why are you killing him now? He... Angel has no, like, stock in any of this that's going on, and he hates his uncle. Right. Yeah, he doesn't know about all the vampire shit. He he knows very little. Like, he knows, like, oh, they think that it'll keep you He knows alive. by now that it's real in some way, because... But he doesn't seem to dude's be back. going he, after the device in any way. No. He could just let him go. Like, I the fact that he doesn't... I think it's literally just because he broke his nose. I know, and it's like, <laughs> at least that's in there for something. But at that moment, watching it, I was just like... Wait, why is this even happening? And it just, it felt, it feels a little weak. Final showdown. Yeah, it just, yeah. he just had to put something in. And as we've said, the story beats right. are not Guillermo's primary right. concern. He right. knew that he had to have some kind of big flashy ending yep. in his big scary vampire movie. Yep. And this was it. And he's not really concerned with the fact that it didn't need to happen. Yeah, no, because the movie needed to have some kind of thing. Needed to have something, and this is it. And it's Ron Perlman on a roof with a metal bar. Sure. 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 So, uh... Mad because they broke his nose. Yeah. So, uh, Jesus and Aurora are crossing the roof, and uh, Angel is following, just like a total psycho. Yep. And they climb up to the De La Guardia sign. This big, lit-up electrical sign. Um, and... Angel is just swinging his metal bar around. Yep. Um, and Jesus sends Aurora down a ladder on the front of the yeah. sign. And Angel and Jesus face off on the walkway in front of the sign. And um, Angel just starts fucking wailing on Jesus with yep. this metal bar. And then sort of calls out for Aurora like, hey, come on up, sweetie. Come on. Like Very sinister. Yeah, it's really creepy. Um and he asks Jesus, what the fuck do I have to do to kill you? Um, he may just be trying to kill Jesus because he, he's like... You're supposed to be supposed dead. Supposed to be dead, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus is like, "You don't. we don't have to do this. You have a lot more to lose. For me, it's just pain. Yeah. Uh, and Angel says, get ready for some more. <laughs> um, and, in, and then... Jesus decides to end all of this and tackles Angel off the roof. They crash into the building below. There's a weird fade out. Yes. And we see them sprawled out, uh, immobile. Yep. And Aurora comes down to find them. And it's very sweet and sort of sad and creepy. She starts petting Jesus's face. And puts the Cronus device on him. Yep. Because she knows. That's what she needs to do. And... I think this whole scene is why there needed to be some kind of confrontation. Yes. It just, it just could have been better justified, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, inside, we get another of those great shots of the inside of the device. And the insect starts filling up with blood. Yeah. It's gross. Um, and Jesus starts to stir, gets up, he stands up. And starts peeling the skin from his stomach. And it's really unpleasant to see. And Aurora just, again, watches. Yeah. Um, And then he kneels down in front of her and sees that her hand is bleeding. Big moment. And it's this very tense moment where he's looking at her and she's looking at him. And she speaks. Yeah. And she says, Abuelo. Yeah. Uh, And he 
tears himself away. He realizes what he's doing. Yeah. Of course, there's a perfectly good Ron Perlman on the ground behind him. Just drink Ron Perlman! <laughs> oh no, I didn't even think of that. There's oh a perfectly God. good deceased Ron oh, Perlman no. right behind you, sir. Oh no. Eat him. Yeah. You, this didn't have to be this moment at all. But That's a point. It's but, he a does, mo- but he doesn't want to drink anybody's blood. He doesn't want to. But the fact that he's so deeply tempted by Aurora's blood, when a yeah. bloodied Ron Perlman is right there. Yeah, just, mm. it's a good point. It's just a dramatic It's I, I get it. It's a great moment, but he has sort of <laughs> hamstrung himself yeah, here. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's just these little things yeah. that just makes the, makes the movie feel a little amateurish. Yeah. But of course it is his amateur it's his, film. It's his first film. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, he tears himself away, realizes how far he's fallen, yeah. what he's become, and he pulls the device off himself and smashes it with a rock. Yeah. That was there. I don't know. Is it a piece of concrete from the building? Yeah, I don't it's know. something there to smash the device. <laughs> it's a device smashing object. Yes. Um, and he starts convulsing and dying. And he says, I am Jesus Gris. And he just keeps repeating his name, Jesus Gris. What does that sound like, that name? Jesus Gris. And Aurora watches him fade away. And then we get a sort of... Um, it's like a tableau, basically. Yeah, well, and it's just sort of like, how'd we get here? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about like, it. Did she... Did she drag, drag him his home? body back? Because he's home? in a bed, he's at home, yeah. and he's completely white now. Yeah. All of his dead skin is gone, um, and he's breathing very slowly. Um, and Aurora comes and cuddles him. Yeah. And Mercedes comes in and kisses his hand as the sun comes up, and yep. we get a white out. Yeah. It's a beautiful image, kind of confusing. Yeah, it's 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 very impressionistic yes it's very impressionistic and we the last thing is dedicated to the memory of josefina camberos i don't know who that i was gonna say i don't know who that is either but apparently she was very dear yeah apparently so to to the production but uh yeah so it's definitely an ambiguous ending yeah uh probably he's going elected to die yes he will die but he will die at home with his family yep And Mercedes is just rolling with it. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Sure. What a, what a movie, huh? Yes. (laughs) What a start. Yes. So let's move on. So we're, we're switching up our, our topic categories. To befit a different filmmaker. Yes. So the next thing we're going to talk about is visual style. Yes. Because that's such a huge part of Guillermo del Toro's work. Aesthetic. Aesthetic. He's all about it. So, um, the, yeah, you can just see it. Yeah. You can see it forming. Like, yeah. he will refine it, but his... And already out of the gate for a debut, mm-hmm. doing some great things. Yes. There's a defined color scheme. It's it's all very striking. The lighting is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, lot of red. Lots of red. And a lot of corresponding green. Correspond- which is great because it's Christmas time. It works super well. Um, but yes, insects are a big yep. thing for him. We know he loves those bugs. Yep. Um, and of course, uh, the clockwork. He yep. loves his Mechanisms. clockwork. Mechanisms. Yeah, devices, machines. Yes. <laughs> he loves them. This is everything. You've got supernatural yeah. beings, existential terror, bugs, clockwork. It's yep. all here. 
the over-the-top religious symbolism is kind of unique to this one. It it kind of is. Like the, the extent to which it is just like in your face all the time. Yeah, yeah. Then we've got Angel. We've got a literal angel statue. Jesus, Jesus Christ, <laughs> who dies and is reborn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but then, and yeah, of course, there's the, the comparison to the, yep. you know, insects, insects are like Jesus. Are... <laughs> I don't know. Walking on water. Yeah. It kind of feels like we're sort of transitioning into, I mean, what is there to say other about this right. visual style? Yeah. Because... Um, I do think it's very interesting the way that we have these really distinctive environments where you've yes. got like the um, you know the antique world of right. the alchemist and then the antique shop and it all it, those locations kind of feel right. cohesive, um, but then you've got the like grimy streets, right? Uh, and like the the industrial workshop, and then the very sterile. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird environment mm-hmm. of Dale Guardia, his room, yeah, his home, his sort of like hospital apartment, like <laughs> yeah, in the factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... It sort of just feels like because it's a lower budget film, there are only so many locations. Each location all... is maximally interesting. They're very distinct. Yes, very very distinct. Uh, and I think that's really interesting. They. Uh, of course, you know, you have this sort of metaphor of, like, De La Guardia is a capitalist and he's right. aspiring to be a literal vampire. Right, like, yep. <laughs> yep. And, of course, you know, as sort of a small business owner, right. uh, Jesus finds his way into this, but he doesn't want to be yeah, that thing. of course he's, not. No, I, I don't yeah. want to be a vampire. And also because he's he seems to not want to be a vampire because he's religious. Mm-hmm. And or has some value for human life. Yes. Like. Yes, I think he's fairly evidentially, at least, kind of casually religious. Yeah. In that, it, the first thing that occurs to him to do when he's afraid is to say, say the, Lord's the Lord's Prayer. prayer. Yeah. But. But it, and and the visual like vampirism as drugs metaphors uh, are really. That red blood on that white marble yo, floor. Yep. Licking it up. Ooh. Yep. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> lots of Pretty lots gross. of visual symbolism yes. going on. Yes. Um, with the clocks and the clock man. <laughs> the strange clock man. <laughs> it's very goofy. He's got like a goofy mustache. Yeah. <laughs> um in the street scene after he escapes the mortuary mm-hmm. or the crematorium rather, um there is some I think Dracula themed graffiti in the background. I was one. I was kind of looking at it. And it's like I don't know Spanish well yeah. enough to really know what There's that is. There's some says. word that looks like Dracula, but it's a little different. Yeah, I don't know. So hey, I was like, I tweet don't know. at us if yeah. you can <laughs> fill us in on what's going on, what on there. What that graffiti says? Because it's really prominent. It's yeah. such a wide shot. Yeah, you can just. It's really centrally placed. So yes. it's got to be there for some reason. Yes, and that's what I think we're gonna see in in probably every film is just like really in intentional creative visuals Mm -hmm. that's the play here more so more so than the story it's what we love yes it's what we love uh so let's move on to the kind of mythological stuff because he draws i'm gonna say in every film on 
folklore or mythology. Yes. And in this one, of course, we have the vampire. Yep. And we have alchemy. Alchemy. Uh, now, this is a very weird take on the vampire, especially right. because I'm not aware of anyone ever really connecting these two. Right. And it's, it's well, so it, natural. It, it makes sense because if you're looking at the pursuit of everlasting life. Vampires, vampires have Vampires have that. So, I, so you've got this clockwork device that turns you into a vampire. An alchemical vampire. Why not? It's creative. It's super cool. And that's yeah. what I love about our boy. Is yeah. He just has these really interesting, slightly sideways takes yep. on folklore and mythology. It's all about the concepts. Uh-huh. And it's a good concept. Yes. Especially just right out of the gate like this. Yes. Like, how novel. Yeah. How cool. Uh, love that. But, yeah, the, the alchemy stuff is kind of interesting because it's it's... it's I mean, alchemy, we said right. this before, like, devices right. aren't so much the thing. Like, the big sort of holy grail of alchemy is, of right. course, the Philosopher's Stone. Which is just sort of an existing object, right? Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's, or a, created it's a synthesized object, object yeah. yes. But it is just a stone. Yes, not a it's device. A, envisioned as a stone. Yeah, not a device. And bringing insects into it is like a whole other thing. Right. Now, of course, insects do sort of relate to vampire lore. Right, yeah. There is that insect thing in Dracula. Um, it, but, but Guillermo just loves a device, a machine. He loves clockwork. And he sort of justifies it by saying this is a watchmaker alchemist. A watchmaking alchemist. Yeah. Um, now, it is interesting. Um, so the, the the name of the alchemist is Fulcanelli, mm -hmm. um, which was the pseudonym of a real-life uh, French alchemist Ooh. from the uh, late like 19th century so much 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 later right um but apparently the real Fulcanelli did actually mysteriously disappear in the 40s oh, and that's his his real identity was never known i don't know too much about this okay but he's probably drawing on that probably, probably some so. inspiration from probably there probably so it's too much of a coincidence for him <laughs> oh, to not yeah, be certainly. aware certainly yeah. Uh, but very interesting, sort of yeah. pulling in some, like, real-life folklore, sort of... Right, kind of nodding to it and uh -huh. creating his own very specific vampire mythology. <laughs> yeah. It is a really interesting and very specific vampire thing. Yes. Uh, do we want to talk about mythology any further? I mean, the only other thing I can really think of is just all of that religion stuff. Mm -hmm. But we've already covered that. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, It's yes. just there. You can't really unpack it. Yeah, I mean, right? Jesus Christ sounds like Jesus Christ. Yeah, like it does. That's it's just right there for you. This other character's name is Angel. I'm yeah. not entirely sure what to do with that. It's just it there. Just, it's just there. It's the just... statues are angels because yeah. they are. Because they are. <laughs> I think he'll probably get a little more precise with his <laughs> symbolism. He's just sort of throwing it at the wall at this point. <laughs> it feels that yeah. way. And that's uh, fine. Yeah, it's still a good yeah. time. Yeah. Still a good time. I really love crazy Ron Perlman. Yes. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Um, now, the category that is we are going to retain... Because it's the most fun. Is the fun stuff. Yes. The, the category we have entitled fun yes. stuff. So, apparently, all of the original Kronos device props that were created for the film were stolen what? When the production was completed. They all got what? stolen and were never recovered. Oh, so man. Guillermo del Toro owns some Kronos devices, but they're replicas made from original molds that uh, oh. Maria Figueroa, the art designer, had made. So they're replacements. And nobody knows what happened to the originals? Never recovered. 
Jeez, How Louise. rude. I mean, it's a very cool prop, it's but guys. It's extremely cool. Let Guillermo have one. Seriously. <laughs> the fact that he has replicas, like, mm-hmm. oh, man. <sighs> um, so I already t- I already talked about how uh, why Ron Perlman speaks a lot of English right. in this movie. Because <laughs> he just was just, really... Just couldn't quite hack just, it. His Spanish is quite poor. Uh, <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> um, so we we have talked a little bit about the sort of heightened characters of the De La Guardias. Yes. But it was... Um, uh, Del Toro explained that in his commentary that this was sort of a revenge against Hollywood films oh, having we stereotypical Mexican characters. So it's exactly that. Yes. It's, yeah. Uh, stereotypical sort of, American villains. Yeah, well, they're supposed to be sort of like unreal like right. almost like comic book characters. Right. They're cartoonishly American. Yes. Uh so apparently the uh film went over budget by half a million dollars. I believe it cuz it looks great. Yeah, 1.5 to 2 million dollars, which was the highest budget for a Mexican film at the time. I mean, this was in the early 90s, so that's a little more than we would think of it as being now. Yeah. But that's still a, a tremendously low budget for how good the movie looks. Yes, of course it is, but it was the budget was huge, huge for, for a Mexican them. film, uh, but he actually got the extra half million himself through uh, loans and bank debts. Oh damn! So uh, they had to like make some changes in order to actually complete the film okay. to, to mitigate some of the budget. Sure. So Ron Perlman actually agreed to take a heavy salary cut. Wow. Um, and doing such a solid, uh, you know, Perlman and Del Toro have very clearly been good friends ever since. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Work together a lot. <laughs> uh, so he's just, he's just a good guy. Nice. He's just like, I want to be in this really weird Mexican <laughs> film. And you're right. I do speak Spanish badly. <laughs> that's, that's great. What a cool guy. We love a flexible actor. He's he just seems like a good yes. dude. Yes. And that's great. Uh, so, <laughs> apparently universal wanted to buy the rights to chronos uh to remake it oh yeah that doesn't surprise me at all um this didn't happen though no uh, <laughs> when they told him that they wanted to do that he responded who wants to see jack lemon lick blood off a bathroom floor <laughs> I have one um, alternate casting for you. Ooh, nice. Only one. Nice. I'm surprised there are any for yeah. a movie this... Well, apparently the role of Jesus Greece was originally written for, and you're going to love this, Max von Sydow. Ooh, that would have been amazing. Yeah. But the, but the, the guy who plays oh, yeah, him is yeah, I know is he's tremendous. phenomenal. But it's just like... Aha. Yeah, (laughs) it does make sense. It does make sense that he would be inspired by this actor, even if he ultimately couldn't get him to be like, this is who I want this part to be. Makes total sense. Yeah. Yep, right away. Yep, that's great. Um, Now, apparently, uh, Del Toro began writing on the script uh, in 1984. Damn. And it had the most hammer title ever, Vampire of the Grey Dawn. (laughs) Great. It's like, 
know? Amazing. Yeah, it's a bit hammery. It's a, yeah. It's, but it's, yeah. It, I'm glad he changed it. Kronos yeah, is a much yeah, cooler. Kronos, much better title. Yeah. it's It's got a great ring to it. It's very catchy. It's very mysterious. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, I'm unsurprised that that was going to be the title. Yeah. Just given his influences and his, yep. his taste. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yep. <laughs> Vampire, Vampire of the Grey Dawn. Dawn. What does that even mean? I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, does that really mean anything? But maybe that's where he got the name Gris. Ooh. I don't know. Ooh. That's um, a good point. We already talked about how it takes place in the future yes. of 1997. Very odd. Well, December 1996, January 1997. Right. Uh, and, okay, here's a fun one. So the funeral director and Tito, the mortician, yeah. reprise their roles. Oh, I read about in this. In the 2010 film, We Are What We Are. Right, which, which is like a cannibal yes, film. Yes, I haven't seen it, but I I've really either. been meaning to. It sounds very interesting. It kind of gets hyped in horror circles. Yeah, it's one of those sort of artsy horror films kind that of have like come out in the last... Along with Let the Right One In, like it's mm-hmm. hyped in those same kind of places. Mm-hmm. And I love Let, Let yeah, the Right One In. absolutely. So. Yeah, I've been meaning to see that. So but now I have an now extra exciting reason watching to see for it. Tito watching the Corner. for Tito. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Um, and I, my last fun thing. Yes. Guillermo del Toro has a cameo. <gasps> what? He's the guy walking the dog in front of the house in the very beginning of the movie with his real life wife. Aww. Yeah. He's just walking a dog. Aww. He's just got a little walk on cameo as Dang. an extra. I never noticed that. Yeah. Wild. He's got to be so young. Right? Yeah, he probably looks very different. Gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he looked like in 1993. Yeah. Huh. Oh. All right. But that's Kronos. That's Kronos. So we've begun. Yes. We've begun Del Toro, and it's a really flashy start. Like, it yes. just feels like the start of an interesting career, and it was. Yeah. And it really, really was. Next, we'll be covering Mimic. Mimic, which I know next to nothing about. It was his first and less successful attempt to break into Hollywood Mm. with a giant bugs on the loose in the sewer eating people horror movie. Well, it's got bugs. It's got giant bugs that eat people. (laughs) I've seen it once. I didn't care for it. Uh. But I was watching the disowned theatrical version. And we will be watching his official director's cut. Well, we will have to see if that does you any better. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps yeah. up Kronos. So thanks for coming back, everybody. It's yes. very exciting. I'm really... This is going to be a wild ride because, yes. like, as a filmography, it's a lot more varied. It's bouncing around. But De- we've got a couple of sequels. We've yeah. got... We've got different things going on. Lot, we've got an Oscar winner. Yeah. We've got one of, oh man. We've I'm, got a, a, a kaiju film. Kaiju film. There's, there's, it's, there's a lot to be excited for. Yes. Um, so it's, it's going to be great. Uh, y'all have the filmography, so. Yeah. Watch get along. Watching. Get watching. All right. Well, that'll do it for yeah. this one. Very exciting. Thanks for joining us on our Del Toro yes. quest. I'm going to say this. Tweet at me if you get that reference. <laughs> I'm going to bet nobody does. But if if it means anything to you, I just want to know. <laughs> All right. And speaking of which, yes. you can find us on Twitter because we have our own yes. Twitter now. We yes. are at Film 
Broads Pod. Correct. So you can find us there. Yes. Keep up. Talk it, to it, us. Yes. I, I, we really want to hear your thoughts about these movies because yes. we're just so fascinated by them and we yeah. love to hear what other people think. So get at us there and tell me if you know what I'm referencing when I say <laughs> Del Toro Quest. <laughs> All right. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Yes. We love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Film Broads. Please rate and subscribe wherever you like to listen and find us on Twitter at Film Broads Pod.